a cry to the Lord, a prayer to this morning. And if you will, turn to James chapter 2. We're going to begin reading at verse 8 here. Uh, James has some great advice for Christians living in an, in an age of uncertainty and of trouble and of strife. And he says the best thing that you can do in, in, in this age of trouble, in this age of dispersion of the church, is to keep yourselves unified. And he give, he's giving advice on how the church can keep itself unified. We talked about um, being slow to anger last time. We talked about um, <clears throat> looking at... Um, uh, keeping our faith in Christ under pressure. Um, this week he talks about partiality, which is apparently a problem um, in, in the Jerusalem church. And sometimes it's a problem even today of showing favoritism or partiality to others. But reading at verse 8, it says this, If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, you shall love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. But if you show partiality, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For he who said do not commit adultery also said do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Let's pray again. Lord, we just ask God that you would add a blessing to the reading and to the hearing of your word. Father, let it go forth and not return void. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. I remember being <clears throat> a, a young person um, uh, and going to, to the movie theater. I guess it was '83 when it when it came out. I was, I was about 11 years old and uh, went to go see Return of the Jedi, and I wanted to see my hero again, uh, Luke Skywalker. And I thought, oh, this is going to be great to see this movie in. And it's oh man, I, I'd love to meet Luke Skywalker one day, and how how cool that that would be. And uh, then I, I find out that, okay, the actor's name is Mark Hamill. I think he's, he, he's probably one of my favorite actors of all time. And, uh, and then um, I um, uh, thought, well, it'd be, it'd be cool to go somewhere and meet him. And, and I never got the opportunity to actually go and meet him. But one of the things uh, that's happened uh, here lately with this um, whole idea of social media is that uh, people begin having access again th through the keyboard and through the Internet uh, to their favorite actors and, and guys that they would like uh, to, to see and hear. Everybody was enamored with Hollywood stars. And, uh, and so uh, we get on social media and you see some of the um, uh, things that, that Mark Hamill would post and you find out that he is not a very nice person. <laughs> In fact, he's a Hollywood actor. And they tell you that you probably shouldn't ever, um, ever meet your heroes. But here he is, a, a rich person in Hollywood. He has lots of uh, of money and um, he, he's done voice acting over the years too lots of money from that and so so here I am looking up, up, up to this actor and thinking oh how great it would be to meet him and how great it would be to see him and and uh, to, to go and, and, and see him in, in live in person and and to get to meet him 
I think we've all been, been enamored with movie stars like that. But then all of a sudden you find out that they're really dirty people. <laughs> that, that some of them are, are even violent. Some of the things they even put out are, are terrible um, um, things. Uh, now you find some, some of those stars who, who are nice and, and uh, will, will respond to fans and those kinds of things. But from what I've seen of Mark Hamill, I don't think I'd ever want to meet him. I think I'd rather keep my 11-year-old understanding of who Luke Skywalker was and the great hero he was and, and not be ruined by actually um, meeting this person. But our tendency as, as uh, people, as human beings, is that, is that we look up to Hollywood stars or we look up to um, uh, the rich and the famous. We, we, we tend to look at um, uh, certain politicians and, and, and we're enamored with them and, and, and what, what they're doing. Or, or, or pro athletes um, that, that, that we see at, um, operating every week on Monday and Thursdays and Sundays. <clears throat> and, 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 and all the, all, all, we're, we're enamored with, with, with their wealth and with their talent and all those kinds of things. Or even uh, corporate uh, presidents and, and officers. Sometimes um, we, we look at the successes that, that these people have done and how rich uh, they are. And, and we, we tend to. Um, uh, value that and, and, and look towards those people um, and, and um, we, 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 we tend to receive them um, in our society better because of their, their wealth and people want to be connected with those um, who have that kind of money and influence and I think it's true even in, in the church today now uh, things are a little bit different nowadays just like I mentioned with uh, Mark Hamill because people have a lot more access to uh, their stars because of the internet and, and people they look up to and, and, and they begin learning um, how, how some people are just as, as terrible as other people. Um, a, a, lot, a lot of people have, have um, uh, taken the mask off some of these, these people and they become a lot more critical of them today. And uh, they, they look at the rich and famous as, as being elitists. I mean, no, no greater evidence of that than, than in the era of Trump. Yeah, yeah Trump's a, a rich guy. Um, and, and, and I'm not trying to be political here on one, one, in favor or not in favor of Trump. Some of you know my position on him. Um, but, but, be, but because he, he's, he's an outsider, he, he's not viewed as an elitist. He, he's viewed as, as a contractor who did construction over the years. Um, People are beginning to, to value that, that kind of outside the, the, the elitist establishment idea and, 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 and shun uh, the, 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 the rich and the famous and, and these politicians who um, apparently um, they've had a, um, what I call TDS, Trump derangement syndrome. <laughs> I think there's there, as much as, as I think sometimes the support for Trump is an overreaction, definitely the people who are against Trump are even... Uh, even viscerally so and angrily so, but but the whole idea I, th I think is is it has to do with our culture rejecting the the rich in favor of of of, of the common people, and, and and there's a tendency to go the other way too far as well, where we're showing partiality to um, the 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 common people and and and, and poor people and tend to push away. Um, those people who are rich and famous and, and, and the elites. I think we're kind of um, at an inflection point, so to speak, in our culture 
where um, the masks have come off of, of, of all those in, in power and, and all those who are um, uh, in, in these rich elite circles. And, 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 and we tend to want to shun them now. So, so you've got these two extremes. People who look to rich people and, and value rich people and, and, and tend to look at the upper classes and, and, and want to emulate them or be connected to them so that they can have power. You have the opposite end where you've got people saying, okay, that's, that's terrible. Um, you know, we, we, we need to you know, cast them off and, and be done with it. But what the scripture is telling us here, and in, in in, in, in James is warning about this, especially in the church, is that when it comes especially to, to the gospel and to the truth of Jesus Christ, we are to show no partiality. We're not to show it. Christ is, is both the great liberator and the great unifier. And he calls us as believers to show mercy to all, not just to some. To show mercy to all, regardless of, of class or status or riches and those kinds of things. In fact, he, he even says this, um, and, and this is you know, God speaking through James, really. Um, um, the Holy Spirit guided James' thoughts here to preserve, to preserve the truth of God for us. God's law, first of all, tells us that love and mercy should be shown to all people. Love and mercy should be shown to all people. He calls the law of God the royal law. Meaning that this comes from the top. <laughs> this comes from the head honcho. This comes from God himself. There was a tendency to say um, in the Christian church that we're free from the law because of Christ. I think James reminds us that no, we're not free from the moral law of God what we've been set free from is our rebellion and sin against the law so that we're no longer judged by the law. It has set us free from the, the sin that the law was against so that we can finally um, fulfill God's law in our own hearts and lives. So, so there, there, the, James is still saying the law still has its place. The, the, this moral law which tells us to uh, you know, love God and serve Him and and, and, and in our hearts put off sin and, and become moral people and worship God. It also tells us to become ethical people. The difference between um, morality and ethics, um, morality is really, really more of a general term, but I think morality has to do with my personal character. Ethics has to do with how I treat other people. And God wants us to treat other people without any kind of, of, of partiality, without any kind of of hatred, without any kind of sin. And it goes right along with what he was saying about um, anger, that being slow to anger. Don't be quick to pop off your mouth at somebody. Give it over to the Lord and allow Him to handle um, the, the problem people. Your job is, is, to, is to love them with the love of Christ. Well, he's saying the same thing here. And, and he begins uh, this, this particular um, passage back, back in verse 1. He says, My brothers, show no partiality as you, have, as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. Verse 2, If a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in, and you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing, 
and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there, or sit down at my feet. Have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? The royal law of God tells us to show no part partiality. And, and James is reminding the church that if, if you are showing um, th that kind of favoritism, th th then you're judging someone yourself. And, and as much as our society says, well, don't judge people, don't judge people, don't judge people, I think sometimes we, we unconsciously do that when we tend to favor the, the, the rich people that, that, that might come into our assembly over the poorer people who might come into our assembly. And, and, I, and I think, you, I think you, you can even stretch that out a little bit and, and talk about not, not only class, but you can talk about race too. We have to be careful not to show partiality or favoritism in race. We have to be careful not to show favoritism or partiality concerning uh, men and women. And sometimes in the church, I think we do that. I, th I think we tend to separate men and women uh, too much. I, and, and, I, and I think it's fine to have a women's group and a men's group, a women's discipleship and a men's discipleship. Because, you know, women talk about, have certain issues that, that, that concern them more than, than, than men have, have certain issues that, that, that concern them more. And that's fine. But we should not take one group over the other. The Apostle Paul tells us in Galatians that um, the gospel was for all people and that um, there should not be any distinctions between, between uh, men and women or, or slave or free. But all are one in, in Christ Jesus. Because Christ has come to liberate us from our sin. You know, we all have, um, as a human race, whatever class or ethnic background or whatever we have, we all have um, the same problem, and that is the human sinful nature, the fallen nature. It's an even playing field with God. All have sinned, Paul said, and have fallen short of the glory of God. But he also says, and they are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. In other words, because Christ came and paid the redemption price, not only the, the, the rich kings, not only uh, the poor and the oppressed, not, not only the, the, the Jew, um, but also the Samaritan, not only the men, but also the women, have been brought into salvation in, in Jesus Christ. They're all deemed worthy of salvation because they are all God's creation and all are one in Him. And that is really the only distinction that God Himself makes is whether or not you have um, repented of your sins and received the Son, Jesus Christ, so that your souls may, may be saved from sin, from, from, from the slavery of sinful habits, from the sinful nature, and also escape <clears throat> His judgment to come. The only distinction that, that God makes between people is whether or not they have received, they have repented of their sins and received the salvation that He has given. And, 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 and if we continue to engage in this uh, idea of partiality within ourselves, if, 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 if we pay more attention in, in, our, in our church service 
uh, to the rich or, or over the poor, and we start making the, the, those kinds of distinctions, um, th then we're, in, we're, we're still engaging in sin, and, and, and we better repent. If that's happening, we better repent. He mentions here that, that this, this royal law um, ha has a, um, a, a core behind it. And the core is, you must love your neighbor as yourself. What does that mean, to love your neighbor as yourself? That means anybody around us. Even James himself, who, who was the, the leader of the church in Jerusalem, and, and, and had the right to um, proclaim God's word to the people. He had authority over them and within the church. He calls them brothers. Why does he do that? He doesn't just call them, hey, you underlings. <laughs> he calls them brothers. And I think, I think he does that on purpose here because he sees himself, even though he's, he, he's been a God's ordained leader, he sees himself on, on equal footing with everybody else around him. He is a brother in Christ. He has brothers and sisters in Christ. He's trying to emphasize this idea that there should not be any kind of partiality. And even other parts of, of the Mosaic Law, besides just the idea of love your neighbor as yourself, um, God, God talks about this in, in, in Leviticus 19. He says this, You must not be partial to the poor or defer to the great. Now notice he, he includes both here. He's not just talking about the rich. He, say, he says, If you go the other way and be partial to the poor, you're just as wrong as if you're being partial to, to the rich or the great. But in righteousness, based on God's law, you shall judge your neighbor. In righteousness, you should judge your neighbor. Don't show partiality to, to the poor. Don't defer to the great. But in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. And he's talking specifically about, about the court here in that context. This idea that, that when you're in court, you know, um, justice should, should be impartial. Justice should be blind. And, 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 it, and, it, and it's God's law that's, that's supposed to be at the foundation of our justice system. And, and so much of our justice system, as you know and have seen in the news, has become corrupted. If you've got enough money to, um, to uh, keep, keep your lawyer um, working for you and, and, and defend your case, you might come out on top. But if you don't have enough money to, to pay a lawyer and you, don't, and you can't keep paying him to defend it, then what do you do? You do a plea deal, it, it, even if you might be innocent of that crime. It's, it, it's, it's gotten worse and worse and worse in, in our system of justice. We, you know, and uh, we need to be praying that, that um, uh, some, some, some sanity and, and impartiality would come back to our justice system. It seems like our justice system favors the rich over the poor sometimes. Sometimes it's the opposite way too. But justice is supposed to be blind. It's supposed to be based, based in God's righteousness. Did they sin? Did they commit the, the crime? Did they do wrong? Did they do wrong according to God's law? And, and what is God's, God's remedy for it? Now, I'll agree on, on two fronts. You know, um, what aspects of the law are we supposed to keep in the Old Testament? Uh, one of them, I, I think, ha it has to be the moral law. But Jesus himself fulfilled the sacrificial law. 
And I would say um, even the punishments uh, that were in uh, some of the um, civic laws that, that were mentioned are taken away because of Christ's um, sacrifice of himself. That doesn't mean that, that as a society we still shouldn't prosecute people and, and uh, have a metered sense of justice. You know, the, the punishment has to fit the crime, so to speak. But what it, do, what, 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 it does not mean that, that a person has to die immediately because of their sin, because Christ has died for sins. We look to Him as, as our fulfillment of the law. Christ fulfilled the law in Himself. And if we have repented of our sins and have sought Christ as our Savior, and we're looking to Him and His pattern of living, then we have fulfilled that law of love. And He continues to help us to fulfill that law of love as we walk with Him and as we surrender to Him. He doesn't leave us spinning our wheels trying to do the right thing. It's about us giving our hearts and lives to Jesus Christ. And then He takes care of, of, of um, our spirits and, 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 and what's within us and um, brings out those sins to us and says, look, you need to repent of this, you need to repent of this. You know, and, and, and shows us what we need to do and, and walks with us and strengthens us. He's not, he, he's not out to drop the hammer on us. He's out to see us be successful in Him. And success means having faith all the way to the end and, and, and being freed from the wickedness of this world, which He helps us to do. God, throughout the Scripture, often shows justice for the poor and for the oppressed. And in fact, that was one of the key factors of, of, of the kingdom of Israel's decline. We know that because of Isaiah. And, and he, he, when he says, Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. When he says that, he is referring to Israel's oppression of the poor and how they mistreated those who were needy and took advantage of them and oppressed them. That was the context. He says, how can, in Isaiah, he says, how can you keep sacrificing to me when, when, when you're out treating people in, in, in these wicked ways? Your sacrifices mean nothing because you're in your sins. We have to show mercy to all, the Bible teaches us. The heart of mercy is you shall love your neighbor as yourself. And failing in that law of mercy and failing in, in, that, in that law of love, he says it, it means you're guilty of breaking the whole law. You become a lawbreaker. He says do not commit adultery um, is just as much of a law breaking as do not murder. If, 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 if you break one aspect of the law, you've broken the whole law. Now, I do believe that there are some sins that are worse than others. I think the sin of taking someone's life is probably a lot worse than taking someone's spouse and being unfaithful with that spouse and, and uh, destroying your marriage in the process. But they're all part of the same law of God and, and they all bring God's judgment. And uh, if, you, if you break one law, you're breaking all of it. If you break God's law of love, you're guilty um, of breaking all of it. And that mercy and that love should be shown to all. 
And that's still in effect for today. And if we say that we love Jesus Christ, then we must continue to follow this law, this law of love and mercy for all and showing no partiality. Now, what are the ways in which um, we can do that? <clears throat> for one, you know, we don't look at, like, like, you, like James says, we don't look at wealth or dress. When someone, comes, someone new comes into our, our fellowship and, uh, you know, they, they're, they're dressed in shabby clothes and, and, and they look poor, they, 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 they don't look very clean, you know, um, we, we, we should greet them in the same way as if someone who came in all dressed up, all, all in, in their Sunday best, um, and, and uh, you know, like he says here, wearing all the gold rings and the, and the nice hats and, you know, um, th those kinds of things. We, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't value those people over and above other people. And, and we, we should be willing to greet all people who come in our doors equally. We, we, don't, we don't welcome someone who lives over in Forest Oaks more than, than we do the farmer down the road over here. Or the other way around. We, 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 should, we shouldn't greet um, our country folks over and above those who live out in, in, in uh, the Forest Oaks area. And, 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 I, and I hear this, and, I, and I've heard it from people. You know, I, you know, I don't like those rich people over there in Forest Oaks. I, I, I'd rather talk to these, these, these country guys over here and, and farmers and stuff like that. Oh, I, I don't care about people who live over there in Sedgefield or, or uh, Friendly Center, those kinds of things. I'd, I'd rather go uh, down the street over here to, to my, my neighbor who's, who's um, you know, um, a, a farmer and a country guy. He just lives out here, you know, a, a common uh, blue-collar worker or whatever. Um, we, we shouldn't show those kinds of partiality um, towards people. I mean, I, I, I'd, I'd rather watch um, some uh, guy um, with a camera on, on YouTube talking about his opinion than I would watching the, the nightly news that, that's all um, scripted and in a nice studio and those kinds of things. But if I actually met those people, I would, I would, I would try to treat them just like I would anybody else. And, uh, and, and at least I hope I would. We need to not show partiality one way or the other based on the outward appearance of someone. Or even, even if we're talking about um, you know, someone of a different race coming in and wanting to be part of our fellowship and coming to worship. And I, and, and, and I hate to say it, but, but the statistics bear it out. We're, we're, we're more divided on Sunday morning in the church than the rest of the world is. And we have to ask ourselves, why is that? And I understand that there, there are different um, ways in which different cultures worship. And, and I, I do understand that. But if somebody wants to come into our doors that, that, that's African-American or, or is Asian or, or whatever it may be, it tends to be, you know, this differences between blacks and whites is, is, is the big problem nowadays as far as that goes. But, but, but if we fail to show, um, uh, you know, a welcoming atmosphere to all people, regardless of their race, then we're sinning plain out, and, and, and I, I can't make it any plainer than what James makes it here. He says, but the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, no hearer who for, I'm sorry, I, I, I read the wrong one, that, that's from back at chapter 1. 
Um, here it is, verse 12. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. But mercy triumphs over judgment. God's mercy towards us as, as sinners triumphs over His judgment. Our mercy towards other people triumphs over judgment as well. Mercy wins every time and we must be willing and ready to show mercy to all people. And I hope that's where you stand today. Because if we show mercy to others as we should, we're going to be welcomed into God's kingdom. And if we refuse to do so, the consequences are we'll be swept away with the rest of the people in God's judgment. The rest of the wicked in God's judgment. Let's stand.